What up? Pat Mayo here, two-parter on the Pat Mayo Experience today. First up, we got Live versus PGA Golf with me, Feinberg, and Cust. And then I have my solo waiver wire Monday Night Football preview, if that's what you're going for. The injury list will be on there as well. It's just a crossover from the Fantasy Football Picks and Bet Show, but I'm not doing a golf pick show this week. So uh, this is what you're going to get for the golf content. You want more golf content, just sub to Fantasy Golf Degenerates. On Mayo Media Network, Kenny and Tambo are going to have all of the picks on Monday evening. If you're looking for them, I'll have my bets in the Tuesday newsletter, so just sub to that down in the description, and uh, you can have the handy cheat sheet for you, but I don't think I'm going to play DraftKings this week. I say that now, but I'll end up throwing in a lineup or two into their listeners league and then you know probably waste some more money doing it as well, but just no real interest in the Bermuda Championship. Not going to lie to you. Anyway, here comes the show. I don't know. I can't. I can't make heads or tails of this because that would be really awful if that were true. I don't I agree. I, I I think that they'll honor the people that are in, but they're giving them no chance to qualify for the majors. Like, I don't they, mind they, that. I do. Like, what? no, that's the, fine with me. That's you. The, you the choose ma- to ma- play and live, the, then you choose not no, to be a, a yeah, part the, of it. But the majors and the TV network should want. This is all you got. Like, the tour has become so diluted with all these guys going to live that no one cares about the PGA anymore that if you're the majors, you should be clamoring to have these guys in. It's the four times a they'll year have, that you can the see these matter. You can you can see these two go head-to-head. Yeah, but it becomes... Their theory is out of sight, out of mind, right? Eventually, I don't give a shit. Guys, I love Neiman. No one will care I about love the Neiman. Guys. He's going to be the odd man out. They'll, they'll all become like Anthony Kim. They'll all be out of sight, out of mind in a year and a half, and, and all you'll care about is pe- the new crop of guys. And people are still... Now, that's not true, though, because you want to see, like, there's so many established names, especially for, like, the older people that enjoy to watch. Oh, I get you. But if I'm the PGA Tour, I'm leaning yeah, on the, these but, majors but, but, day but, in, day out. But the PGA, but the PGA Tour, does, that's what they're doing. They're begging the majors because the majors... But, know- they're, but they're also the Davis Love Theory, which you don't have to believe it, but saying the PGA Tour will... Block Blackball them in. They'll, they they won't show the majors. No, do it. Do it. I fucking dare them to not no, but allow they play that the game masters. of chicken. Do it. They play that game of chicken. Do it. No, I'm saying I don't think they have the guts to 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 go to the wall with that. But I guarantee you, the majors would say, "Okay, we're picking the PGA Tour." Sure. I but do I, think if the rubber met the road, they would in the end pick the PGA Tour. But I, that's if, if, the, ugly. if the PGA tries to force that issue, that just makes them look horrible. Just, I agree, but I think that exemptions should be honored, and if you don't have them, you're screwed. They're I feel the same way. I completely I disagree. I, I want to see – this is my one chance to see these guys play against each other, and the more you can They'll allow – and The, the more you, that matter will play. Can you let me fucking finish before you cut me off? And to tell you why it would be better to allow the Neemans? Because you want to have some sort of Sunday showdown between a live guy and a PGA Tour guy. If you don't have four live guys in the field, you're just not going to get that. So having the deeper core of players, thus making the majors better at the same time with the better quality of players. I'm not saying let Scott Vincent in, but if you're not going to give Joaquin <laughs> Neiman a chance to actually get into a major, that's fucking stupid. Like, this is all just, it's so mental how people have picked sides in this. Let the majors be the one where they can duke it out. That would be awesome. That would be great TV. That would be great for the viewer. And that would actually, I mean, if you're if you're the PGA championship, you should be loving that because no one gives a shit about your tournament to begin with. Okay. I agree with pretty much all of what you said. And I think in the long term, they'll sort out the rankings and find a way in. In the short term, 
those exemptions need to earned exemptions need to be honored. Secondly, Pat, I don't think in my I don't think the ratings for the Masters will go up one bit if it's DJ versus Rory instead of like Rom versus Rory. I uh, see. Like, I, I I think if you don't allow them in, the ratings might not go up, but they will go down. Um, I feel like Augusta might be ratings proof. Maybe that might be the case, but even the Augusta ratings have fluctuated. Basically, if Phil or Tiger isn't the one winning, the ratings go down. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, these guys knew what they were signing up for in the short term, which is a murky, maybe period of a year or more. That if they didn't have exemptions, they could be screwed. They all knew what they were signing up for. I don't feel bad for any of them. I love Joachim Neiman. I'd love to bet him at a PGA championship at a U.S. Open venues. I would, but no one is going to miss him if he's not there. No, but it's not, I mean, that's just a name of whoever. It doesn't matter what the name is. The name is Live Guy. So if you have Dustin Brooks, Patrick Reed, like at this point, is Brooks even in the Masters? Nope. Yeah, he is. It's automatic qualifiers. He won the 2018 U.S. Open Championship. Okay, so, he, so he's still okay, in, so he in still 2023? Has Good. Yeah. Like, that would be see, in, if, yeah, if, 19, 20, 20, Yeah, he would be. Like, if Brooks isn't there and Bryson isn't there, like, that sucks. Like, that, that's shitty for the actual product. It is more engaging when they're there. And if you take any live guy, fuck, it could be Gooch. It doesn't need to be Neiman. It could be Gooch or one of these back-end guys. If they can make a run and, like, put the heat on, it doesn't matter which live guy it is because it's just live guy doing it. And then that's the story. I'm just saying, I don't think Sunday at the majors, like ratings are going to like, oh my God, you got to tune in. There's a live guy chasing him. I I think think the people who are watching are watching. Yeah. But I think that's the more compelling story to all of this. That, that becomes, that becomes the story. I do think it would help ratings. If there was a live guy that the PGA guys had to go chase down or vice versa. Like if it was Rory and the next four guys on the leaderboard are all live guys. Like that's a really compelling. I don't think anybody is watching a major who wouldn't already be watching a major it because of a, a live player is playing well. I can see each major taking its own approach, right? I would suspect the U.S. Open and PGA will be open to all comers. I think the British Open is the least likely to let the live guys in, and the Masters are a real wild card. All exempt. I just all exemptions need to be honored. Oh, previously so earned exemption. Yes, all. But once you like any your exemption, grandfather not be honored. Yeah. And I could even see the majors maybe making a. A um an amendment on on future exemptions. You are I, exempt, but if you go there, you can. We have now the that, future right to revoke your exemptions. If yeah, because the idea is because maybe the majors want to punish the live guys. I mean, maybe they have an opinion. I don't know. At least maybe some do. You know, their membership may feel a certain way. The guys at the Royal and Ancient may think, let's try to squeeze these guys and punish them in the way that they think they can punish them. Whether that's smart or not is a separate question. Dustin Johnson. I've grown to like him more since his move to live. He is of all the elite, like high end, like he, his name never showed up on a lawsuit. He's never said a word. He doesn't cry and complain that the world rankings are dragging their feet. He knows exactly what he did. He knows exactly what he signed up for. My respect for him has almost grown immensely in seeing how some of these other guys have behaved since going or spoken. I, I just, I just find like, listen, the, the pro live people that you like to fight with on the internet, like I <laughs> doubt they're even real people. Like I, they're not. They're, they're not. Then why are you fighting with them? 
I like to say, can you send me your baby register? I want to get you a gift. You were born last month. Yeah, that's that's great and everything. But the, <laughs> but the people who are fighting with Liv and making Liv a big deal seem like the biggest morons on earth. Like, what what are you fighting against? Like, you're kicking I'm, a handicap. You you're, you're, like, just... you're basically like kicking a handicap kid. No, I don't know. There's a real life bot farm there. Sure. Like, well, like who cares? It's, unless, unless you it's pay attention to, to them. Me. No one else sees. How is that weird to you? You're shocked by that, but like the people going on and all, oh my god, the PGA is so much better than Live. Like maybe it is. Well, they're annoying too, and I... the blue check marks are annoying. And and let's not lose sight of Live having an ultimate win through year one. When we were at Riviera, we were at the Masters, and all the blue check marks were like, "This thing is dead before it started" because of Phil's comments. This thing will not get off the ground. Here we are at the end of a year, and they have DJ Brooks, Bryson, Cam Smith, Neiman. Uh, more and more great players like that is a win you want to call balls and strikes fairly that is a huge win huge and and i don't understand how people on the pro pga side ignore that at the same time i totally agree with like a wiley who is like staunchly anti-live that i don't think they signed up for the money I don't think a guy like Brooks Kepka realized that at 30 years old, the public, like you're, how do you put this? No one cares that you're Brooks Kepka. Like yeah, no one cared anyway. That, I mean, I think feel like the online golf Twitter community thinks golf's a whole much bigger deal than it actually is. 100% <laughs> people complaining about the, the TV and the, a lot of it. It's so we, the people that golf and DFS, like they've invited us into the broadcast, but we make up such a such a small small number. Like we th- like yeah, that community thinks it's so much bigger than it is. It is so minuscule. They would be humbled to know how small and irrelevant they are. This all ends one way that the PGA can recover and is going to beat live into the ground eventually, no matter the unlimited pockets of the Saudis for the live. And in three years' time, they're going to have to pay all these guys out, but the PGA is going to be detrimentally affected by it, where either their numbers are down or their revenue is down, too. They're going to merge, with the caveat being these guys get to play again, they get to come back into the majors, everything is resolved, and then there's a PGA Tour event in Saudi Arabia. That's how this ends. <laughs> yeah. And I have no issue with the PGA taking, like, a hard-line stance. On some of those guys are never coming back. Some of those bridges are burned forever. No, Phil's never them, coming, no, no, no. Phil is never coming back. Knee. I disagree entirely. Phil won't do it. Phil's Phil, never coming but back. By, by, the time, by, by the time that these things merge and to come back, Phil's going to be like 56. No, but I mean just as an ambassador in golf, someone who could like be a Ryder Cup camp captain. Like he, Greg but Norman, right. people that, like that, that are stuff never could be coming done. back. You're right. Some of that stuff could be done, but I have no doubt they would let, if Liv in four years was no longer existing, they would let the guys, Cam Smith, DJ, Brooks, like they let them bend the knee and return. In the same way, I have no issue with the PGA with their insane hard line, even as it pertains to Ryder Cup and President's Cup and all detractors like we're going to like everything we got. You can't be a part of period. The PGA has the sponsors. The PGA has the TV deals until the PGA has to bend the knee. I have no issue with them taking the ultimate hard line stance of like middle double birds to all <laughs> defectors. They, I, I actually totally agree with that stance from their business model they blew it at the beginning by taking live too seriously if you just treated you could be right if you just treated live like it was stupid and like you'd be kind of a moron to go hey, go get your money man like for sure you're gonna be irrelevant 
and like, we're not going to pay this any mind. It would have been a much better marketing strategy for them. It would have kept them in a far firmer, a far firmer position of power against now where, listen, the tours most definitely aren't equal, but there's a lot of people that do see them that way. Like I try to see my, my dad who doesn't really pay attention to any of this. The only thing he ever asked me about golf is like, what's this live up to? Like I keep hearing about live. If you just stop fucking talking, if you stop talking about live, no one would fucking even know what was going on. But I wonder if you're looking through this to the wrong end of the telescope, the PGA went nuts because they knew this was going to happen. They knew once the first guy went, that like that would suck all the air out of just golf as it is PGA, but it's not, and bring a ton of interest and attention and intrigue to this new league. But where there, there is all but there money. is no interest in it. No one watches this shit. It's well, all, it's, 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 it's nobody. It, it, it's everybody's only, interested in it, and no one watches it. But the only people that are interested in it, outside of people who like this, consumes their entire life on the internet, <laughs> are like really casual people who only hear about it because people won't stop talking about it. A lot of which is PGA driven. I don't care about live, but live discourse as someone that enjoys golf is <laughs> I enjoy talking about. It. I enjoy it's the biggest story we've ever had in golf, essentially. So I enjoy the discourse around it and I will not miss an opportunity to pick a low hanging fruit. Like the, the Kevin Naw looking like he's dying at a scene, like a horror movie. I'm sorry. Like your boss is a terrorist. It, so there's an easy joke to make there. Like it's just easy when you double, when you WD to make a joke, your boss is a terrorist. It's the same joke I would make, but different. If you told me, Hey Feinberg, did you know 15 years ago I had a sleepover at Michael Jackson's house? Like, there's a joke there. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, no, it was about the Brooks thing. Like, people were, like, ragging on Brooks. Like, this guy has won majors, and he's Brooks Kepka, and he's, like, emotional that he just won. It's like, the guy had a rough two years in terms of his yeah. performance. Like, he got hurt, and he sucked for two years. And now, regardless of what he won, he still won. And, like, he, yeah. he left a tour to go play on this other tour, and he gets a win in a playoff? Like, I, I just, it, if it was, if he had won the John Deere Classic, let's say, against a bunch of fucking scrubs or something like that, and he got emotional because of it, and I mean, as emotional as Brooks gets for this sort of thing, people be like, oh, man, like, they would they just want to rag on him because it's the live, but it's still a human interest story to me, at least like, Hey, I'm happy. The guy kind of persevered through injury. He won something. This is good for him. I can see I why I, I can see why he's happy. I get that yeah. you wouldn't care, but do you care that he got like, he was not necessarily choked up about it, but it did seem to mean something to him. Well, I mean, I, if those aren't just crocodile tears, then you think, Brooks is is, what, what is he a fucking actor? He's a hundred and then he's 150. Well, yeah, he is kind of an actor. He puts on, facades all the time he, he is the russell wilson of god yeah he he's like he, he is a phone i thought i thought, but, uh, I, thought I thought justin I, I thought justin rose was the the russell wilson of god oh, justin rose nothing. is the og but he got yeah, brooks is they got no, yeah rose is just uh corny like like you know whatever it's a totally like, different totally different landscape Ro, rose is to even feel good league. for brooks brooks just got paid 200 million dollars from the saudi government great okay now he persevered and won a golf I couldn't care less. Enjoy your money. Brooks Kepka is, and I, and I agree with you, Pat. It was actually nice to see him get emotional because there's so much of like, does this, do they care? Like, it, like seeing Sergio and Brooks, some of my res like thoughts are like, it just seems like they don't even care to compete. How sad anymore. is it that he cares about winning this thing that didn't exist until? No, but I just like that ago. he cares. I like seeing that he, he cares because a lot it's of, of it, pathetic. It's kind of, it's kind of pathetic. How is it kind of pathetic? I, 
Yeah, he's like really emotional that he won this thing that was just he's, conjured he's, out of don't, nowhere. Don't, don't, in the you last can six you seconds. can drop the end of those sentences. A thing, something. No, he's happy that he won. He wants to but win. What he won is not really a thing. Like, I mean, what he just okay. won was a far better field than anything the PGA has put out since he's like. It's not even close. Okay, sure, but it's not real. Like, it's just funny pretend hit and giggle 54 hole shotgun stuff like great i guess if that's where you are in your career good for you bud enjoy it the the, the thing i can't stand about brooks more than anything is that he is the 100 the epitome of doing things to like have people talk about him the media talk about him act in a way that will have the media talk about him and then when he's asked questions about it, he goes why the hell are you talking to me Leave oh me you, like at the u.s open remember it his his actions at the u.s open so disrespectful anyway you know i, I again i've long said i don't hate or like any of these live guys but like don't make me have to pretend like I care about any of them. No, no one, no one, no one is making you again. care. My entire point was people were like infuriated, almost like the tone of your voice. Like you're mad that he cared about winning, which is insane. No, I was happy to, unlike Tim. I, I actually, actually don't, th- don't think he is that happy about winning. I think it's all a put on. I think he's an actor. It is. I'm, I mean, geez. I think he's so, mostly an actor. And like, great. Like uh, but I don't care. To see these guys playing in front of like a barren. Sad. It's so weird. It it's is sad. so weird. Like whatever, but enjoy. It. Like I don't care if I ever see him in a like tournament. Like they can't again, even or... pay. Shouldn't they pay people to show up? Yeah, you think they pay? Think... You think they would pay actors, the Brooks Kepkas of the world, to show up and watch this? And then they have these celebrations with fireworks, and there's like eight <laughs> people like cheering them on. That it's supposed to be like crowds of fans, and you know, eight of these people are just live employees. Oh, but I will say that. At Doral, they're gonna get a ton of people to go. That and that could be real fun. And I'm excited to see Doral, and I'm enjoying seeing some of these courses. And you know what? I bet it last week, Pat, and I had money on Paul Casey. And you know what he did when he was tied for the lead? He Cla- three putted from 25 yeah, feet. Classic he Paul Casey three- stuff. <laughs> if anyone's wondering what Paul Casey's up to, it's everything you always knew. That's that's what I can say about that. Um, certainly. And guess what? I don't have any doubts. It'll probably be better. Like they can improve on things that they were shit at. They're still at their infancy stage. Like I don't doubt that they will improve their fields and their product. And there's rumors. They'll probably end up on Fox because content is everything. And are if, you going to go to live Toronto next year? I would go. Is there a I, live like, Toronto? just to check it out? I think I would go. I imagine it'll be at the Abbey because they aren't playing the open there anymore. I'm sure that's where you'll, you'll go. Now there's a place it was rumored. Not too so far. PGA from Toronto or something like Toronto country club or something. Well, there's TPC. No. There's TPC Toronto. It could be there. Yeah. But isn't the TPC like a PGA? If maybe thing? anyway, I know that Toronto was mentioned as a live site. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't think that's like official though. Is it? No, it's not official, but I would 100% go to walk beside DJ for five holes and then Bryson or Brooks and Cam. Like, I love golf. You're giving me a chance to see these guys up in the flesh. I'm going to go like I'm. I would also think just the like a lot of people that I it's funny because a lot of people that I've talked to who have gone to these things like they don't really care. They they love golf, obviously, and they don't necessarily care about the live tour, but they didn't say the fan experience is great. Like it's actually pretty entertaining to go to and it doesn't take 
all day, which like with the PGA stuff, like there's so many people there at some of these events and they're all watching the one guy that you want to see. Like even when we were in Phoenix, like it was fun to go to that, but I don't know if I'd want to go to four days of that. Would you? No, that's fair. But I also don't want to go to PT Barnum and the Ringling Brothers Circus called the Live Tour Golf Experience either. I mean, it's I just it's, it's it's just like it's eighteen holes. I think it would just I would it, I don't know I'd feel wrong being there. Like I don't you know people go if they want to go. All power to them. It would feel like I shouldn't be here. Like there's something wrong and like just weird about this whole thing. And I don't want to give it my support. Uh, I don't want to crush it, but I don't want to support it. You're not wrong. It's like at this moment, like I don't hate. Well, I can't stand Brooks, but I don't hate any of the players for going. No, I, mean, I don't hate them, but I also have no like. I don't care. And, if but I, I, I don't see care. Play I don't again. care if in the short term they are squeezed out of a major or two. Exactly. Like that doesn't bother me one bit. It doesn't bother me at all. It, see, it bothers me because I want the majors to really mean something, and I didn't think they mean a lot less if these guys aren't there. Like I don't. Think I, it's, I, I don't think it's a pinnacle of competition. That world golf ranking, it'll all get sorted out. Well, then blame Liv for that. Then blame the Liv guys for that. In the show, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame the majors for it because they're the ones really holding this up. And it's to their best interest to allow these guys to play. It makes it a more compelling product, and it has all of the best players here. Here's the issue of what Liv has done to the PGA Tour. We haven't talked about golf between the three of us for, what, two months, three months now? And the only thing that we're talking about is not a super field on the PGA Tour. We're still talking about Liv. The only time I, I thought about it the last month or two was when I saw Ricky was read, le- reading after three holes of the Zozo. I was like, oh, that would be a fun story. But then, yeah, Liv is like taking a, a knife and shivved. So you would, you and Kevin Hart, or you and Kevin Clark dis- uh, discussed it. We have two AAA leagues now. Yeah, well, actually, we have a AAA league and a single A league where, but some of the, and, uh, but, but you have names in the single A league where you'd have like the hot prospects in baseball. In the I'm concerned league. that this is just, this, that this could result in like real trouble for golf. Like this might not be recoverable. This might be like fatal. I don't know. I hope not. I sure as heck hope not. I don't but know. See, people always talk about golf. This could be boxing. Fatal. To me, golf is like, you know, and their audience being too old and those people die. It's like the water. That golf audience is as replenishable as anything. Every single, we all know people who couldn't stand golf. They grow up to like golf. And in the end, no, but I mean the dynamics of the two leagues, Jeff, that that will just cause the, because the both leagues have been watered down so poorly that like the same events that people sat down and watched in the past, they will sit down and watch in the future. The same events they laughed at and ignored and made fun of the fields. They will do that again in the future. We'll see. Will people yeah, people I, will watch Augusta? They'll watch the players. Will they watch the Genesis if it's sixty percent of what it used to be? Yeah, if it's sixty percent and Tiger isn't playing, is anyone really going to care? No, probably not. And like that is does nothing but injure the sport of golf. And I don't see a path forward to resolving this short of one of the two, sort of like coming down on bended knee and making concessions. And if both stick to their corners and are stubborn, we the fans lose everything because the the sport becomes significantly marred and it becomes potentially irreparable and this will all get to, i mean fortunately for the pga tour their new contract just kicked in with tv like that at the live actually did them a service they didn't start this like two years ago or something before that contract yes. was up because the pga would not have gotten the type of money that they got if this was still going on as a part of the negotiations and then they I would believe it. then they would have to strongly consider doing something to rectify this problem 
because it's the quality of the field. Like you're just missing too many good guys. And that, yeah, what do I care about the Farmers Open if like nobody good is playing? And that and that hurts your next tier of tournaments. Yeah, you become the UFC for Fight Night sixty one, essentially, I, which has I, a card of people I've never heard of before. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love say it like again. I the discourse around live like I could do three hours right now. I I, tr- I truly enjoy. Uh, it's the biggest story we've ever had in this thing. That being said, I usually tweet every year around New Year's Christmas that, you know, for all like in the news that Twitter is such a gross cesspool and it's, it's like a horrible place. My interactions with people are like 99.9% hyper positive. We, we, we have common interests and we that is not my experience on Twitter. live live has added and some of it's my own fault i don't doubt that i'm not as smart as pat to you know just stay away from things (laughs) live is like it made it like you know just got political like the discourse got political it felt like i was in politics twitter and i never want to be in politics twitter and i know at times i put myself there it just yeah i don't this is a fucking annoying and i don't like change said that again i'm like you tim i don't like when my favorite website changes even if it's good in the end the first like couple days i i hate it i Mm -hmm. hate it um so yeah i'm stubborn i don't like change i still like wrestling and chicken fingers so i you know i'm a pga tour guy despite making fun of them on a podcast with pat every monday for eight years we know they're flawed and we made fun of them all the time for shitty fields, for horrible coverage. You name it, we've made fun of the PGA Tour for it, I promise. Our next partner has a product I literally use every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I felt like I didn't have time to put together a super healthy breakfast every single morning, so I'd wake up, I'd feel logy, and then all of a sudden, like, my next four hours were just, like, pounding coffee into myself. I started taking Athletic Greens in the morning because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes good, gave me more energy, and optimized my immune system. Then all of a sudden, feeling great all the time with Athletic Greens. It made such a notable difference that my wife started doing it as well. So now we have to order two packs of Athletic Greens every single time. Well, worth it. And it's lifestyle friendly because it takes absolutely no time to put together and you can just pound it back. Athletic Greens is a small micro habit that has big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day that takes care of yourself. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The Pat Mayo Experience is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is that all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time all in one place, all on your terms. And it is super easy to use. You don't need to be a tech wizard in order to set up your own website to peddle your wares on the World Wide Web. Squarespace makes that so easy, thus cutting down on the expenses you'll need to pay someone else to do it. You can do it all yourself. 
You can set up email campaigns to engage with your audience with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers on your site and build connections and repeat business through regular email updates. If you're in the content space and you have a lot of videos, you can host your entire video collection, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages and sell access to your videos with member access. But the best part about it all is the analytics feature. You can use those insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits come from, where sales are coming from, then you can analyze which of your channels are the most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords and most popular products and content. It makes it all easy, all in one spot for a very low cost. And it's something that you're going to need to do if you want to grow your business. So Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash mayo to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I got the numbers. Tons of you have done it, but not all of you. Yeah, so what you need to do right now, if you want to take charge of both your time and your meal prep, visit factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off right now. Because supporting the sponsors is in very much the same way supporting the Pat Mayo experience, which I very much encourage you to do. Eating better is just easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, mainly because, well, yes, they are very tasty, but it's the time that they save you. Do you say you never have time to work out? Well, if you're someone that preps all your food at home, that means you need to drive to the store. You need to walk through it, make a list, get your groceries, bring them home, store them, unpack them, get the reusable bags out of the way. Then you actually have to make the meal. We're talking like two hours per meal on that. And listen, I love cooking things at home myself, but it takes an awful long time. Are you going to use an app to get takeout? Well, it's going to take you like 30 minutes to figure out which restaurant that you want anyway. Then you wait 45 minutes to get it, and it's probably like crap for you by the time it actually gets there. This is all time that you could have been like spending working out or doing work or just having some relaxation time because all of the meals with Factor are ready to go in just two minutes, and it goes with any sort of meal prep that you want to do. Do you want to do calorie smart? Do you want to do keto? I'm personally trying to bulk up right now, so I'm doing the protein plus to make sure that I hit my levels every single time. I go through, I pick what I want, it shows up. I never have to think about what I'm going to eat for three meals a day, four meals a day, whatever it might be, for like three weeks. It's fantastic. So I highly recommend that you head to factormeals.com slash mayo50 and use code mayo50 to get 50% off. That's code MAYO50 at factormeals.com slash MAYO50 to get 50% off. This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bats on the Mayo Media Network presented by Prize Picks, Monday Night Football, Prize Picks, Full Injury Report, and Waiver Wire Pickups of the Week. You want to jump around, hit the time codes, or just watch the entire thing. But if you do anything, you gotta smash the like button to the episode. You gotta sub to Mayo Media Network and download the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You get me on Mondays, Tambo on Wednesdays, me on Saturdays for all of the quick updates and showdown slates that you like for those island games. So let's jump into it. Prize picks for the week. What I'm gonna do to begin with is say that if you wanna check out the waiver wire like pickup list, Hit the description. It's down there. The Mayo Media Newsletter, that's down there as well. It has the full injury report that gets updated at the beginning of every single day. You sub to it, it gets sent to your inbox. It's easy stuff, all right? We're going to jump over to runthesims.com to begin with to see what we're doing for this 
Bears at Patriots game. Yeah, it's not a fun one, so hopefully we can find some value here. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo, obviously, if you want to get in on all of the tools, the customizable tools, the prize picks tools, everything like that. We can jump over to prize picks just to start off with. Uh, this game sucks, and... I mean, maybe it won't suck after we end up watching it, but we'll see how this ends up going. And you can see the two best plays on the slate from, and there's only one over 80% right now in terms of what the Sims are telling us. It is less than three receptions for Hunter Henry, more than 160 passing yards for Justin Fields. Uh, so you put those two together. Let's see here. Put those two together. $100, odds to sweep it around a 62% winner based off the simulations. Those are good odds. I don't like those ones, though. So we're going to find our own to go through with all of this so if we go back to the simulator you can tweak it around all you want mac jones uh, expected to play in this game that's not for sure as of yet i mean that's the way that it's trending right now damian harris going to be in this game as well not sure how much run he's going to get but he was removed from the injury report so let's just run the sims and see what the projections tell us for the monday night football game to see i i have some leans here uh, you can see in terms of the DraftKings scoring right now, the optimal captain at the moment is Mac Jones, although the most you should be Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know how I feel about that with the return of Damian Harris. If he ends up usurping Ramondre at the goal line, you could get a situation where Ramondre gets like 17 touches but doesn't touch the ball once inside the five-yard line. Harris gets like eight touches but touches it five times inside the five-yard line. Like It's not a good scenario for ever anyone. In that spot, I really like Jacoby Myers in this game because I like Jacoby Myers every single week. Great floor on Jacoby Myers, but it's the projections that I really want to check out here and just try to see. So receiving-wise, we have Jacoby Myers at four catches for 47.2 yards. I think it's way over that. That's what my gut tells me is going on in this situation. You also have Devontae Parker. We're still not sure on the status of Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne. We have them both in at the moment if they are deemed inactive because they've been questionable all week. Obviously, they'll go out of everything, so that would just enhance everyone else. Uh, Taekwon Thornton is the interesting one in this, uh, but I think it's Myers I like the most. And then running back-wise, obviously, Ramondre, if he's the most spit-out captain, then obviously he's going to end up scoring the most points. Montgomery's been playing that huge split over Khalil Herbert. Uh, they say they're going to ride the hot hand now that's been factored in to the projections we have at 11 carries to nine carries montgomery over herbert right now i think in reality that that separation is a little bit more even if it's two series to one for montgomery he probably the gap is probably five to six carries not two carries and i i kind of feel the same way about ramondre and damian harris as well like 13 to basically 13 are they going to have the same amount of carries although nothing for Harris in the receiving game all the work for Ramondre in the receiving game is the way that we can go on this but if you think like blowout uh, I mean based on what the spread is right now the spread is I think up to what is the spread up to let's see eight and a half so it's actually gone down a little bit I thought it'd go up to 10 by kickoff with all the Patriots money coming in but we are not seeing that I believe I took Chicago against the spread on the picture not betting that but that's the way that I'd be looking at it right now. So we jump over to prizepicks.com to see what's going on. Just a little bit here. You see Justin Fields over 160. That's so low. But uh, David Montgomery is the one that I wanted to go to. David Montgomery receiving yards more than 11 and a half. He's been over this number every single game except for uh, the one he got injured in against the Texans. So even if it's one catch, two catches, 11 and a half is not a huge bar to clear. The other one I was thinking about was Ramondre Stevenson, more than 13.5 receiving yards, or Jacoby Myers, more than 52.5 receiving yards. Uh, I think we can kind of go either way on that one. 
do we have targets on here? No, they're not giving us any target props for the uh, for this game. But I am going to go Jacoby Myers more than four and a half receptions. So we uh, we missed last Monday, but we've hit four Sundays in a row now on the power play, including last weekend. Thank you, Nick Chubb. Thank you, Dak Prescott, for coming through for us. So let's juice this one up. Uh, we're going to go. David Montgomery, more than 11 and a half receiving yards. Jacoby Myers, more than four and a half receptions. 200 pays 600. Let's get in there on the prize picks. Reminder to use code MMN at prize picks to get yourself a deposit match of up to $100. The link is down in the description if you, or the comment section, if you just want a quick link to everything. Highly recommend that you go do that. Okay, let's jump over to the running back injuries and waiver wire. As I mentioned, Damian Harris is likely in for Monday Night Football. Brees Hall likely out for the season with a knee injury. Chuba Hubbard exited the game with an ankle injury. J.K. Dobbins had more knee surgery. He's out four to six weeks. Obviously, Gus Edwards, Gus Bus, ended up returning for Baltimore. Looked pretty good in that game, too, although he did not play a plurality of the snaps. He didn't even play the most snaps on his own team. In the backfield, DeAndre Swift, shoulder, ankle, whatever it might be, he didn't play. That's not good news. James Conner and Daryl Williams both missed Thursday night football, and they should return next week. Uh, James Conner was a game-time decision. Now he's going to have an extra 10 days off, so I don't think it's the end of Eno Benjamin, but... Connor's probably the running back that you still want in Arizona, even coming off of the injury. Again, you can find this all in the newsletter. Just type in your handy email right here where it says type in your email, and then boom, get sent right to you. You also missed a fun Week 7 live show on Sunday night. We do it before Sunday Night Football every single time. We got to Tim got to celebrate the Jets' win in real time. Uh, it almost went backfire on him, but uh, it ended up working out. Then we found out about the Brees Hall news, so that wasn't so much fun uh, as it turned out. In terms of the waiver wire pickups for the week, I have Donta Foreman at number one with the Chuba Hubbard injury. And I don't know if he's going to end up missing the game. When we get to the snaps in a second, you'll see that Chuba Hubbard was their starting running back. Played a ton of snaps. It was a bit of a split. A lot of Foreman on passing downs, which is the opposite of what I think anyone expected coming into the week. But Foreman looked great on the ground <laughs> um, and through the air ended up with over 100 total yards and if Chuba Hubbard ends up missing time he's going to be like their full throttle running back not a great offense to be in but they get Atlanta this week which is a fantastic matchup so I like Donta Foreman for the moment Gus Edwards and then Khalil Herbert Herbert dropped below the threshold of 50 percent which I was really surprised about uh, we know what kind of damage he can do if David Montgomery gets injured so he becomes the highest end handcuff you can have Kieran Williams Rams coming off by not sure if Williams is going to return this week or next week or when that's going to happen off of injured reserve but it's very clear that they don't like Daryl Williams to be their bell cow back I'm not saying that Williams will be but I think that he's most definitely going to be in the running he's free to pick up at the moment almost universally unowned you might as well get ahead of the game I talked about this last week there I believe I had Edwards Williams and Foreman one two three in the pickup rankings and Foreman was only there in case that McCaffrey got traded which you know read the tea leaves happened so that's probably the the route that you want to go with some of these things there's only so many running backs out there right now Williams is completely free he's a gamble you have the bench room you go pick him up Okay, uh, Michael Carter would be number one, obviously, but he's not below the threshold. He is available, I think, around like 33% of leagues if he's available in your league. Spend all your fab money on him, and you'll be good to go 
uh, with the starting running back for the New York Jets. So you might split some time with Ty Johnson. Maybe they bring in someone else. I very much doubt that. Uh, you'll probably see like a 70-30 split in favor of Michael Carter, which is great news. If you kept Michael Carter around, he's like a top 20 guy the rest of the season, as long as that role continues to persist. The other one I would look at from way down, like I have Pacheco White, like Pacheco might just end up being the starting running back. But what does the starting running back actually mean when you're only out carrying Clyde Edwards Lair eight to six and still returning punts and returning kickoffs? He's more involved, obviously, but he's not someone that you really want to start. You have Caleb Huntley, Matt Breida. Matt Breida is looking like a really nice handcuff. He was the only other running back to touch the ball in the Giants game besides Saquon. If you have Saquon, you probably need to have Breida uh, on the roster right now. I don't know if he'd become like a full-time running back should Barkley go down, but he's the most likely to have the majority of the touches at the moment. Very familiar with this day ball offense as well. And then the other one is DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas coming in at number 12 in the rankings. Obviously, Rashad Penny out for the season. Not sure when Travis Homer is going to be back with this rib injury. So he is the primary backup to Ken Walker right now, should anything happen to Ken Walker. I know D. Eskridge was getting a bunch of carries, or a bunch of guys, like three or something like that, for the Seahawks. But it would be Dallas who'd be lining up in the backfield in the near future. Future. Once Homer returns, maybe it's Homer. That's why DJ Dallas is still stuck down at the bottom of the list. But just keep an eye out on that should anything happen to Ken Walker moving forward. <clears throat> we go down in, oh, no, don't want to go down too far here. Go back to the newsletter where I have all of the running back snaps for the week. You can see uh, Saquon, Travis Etienne. 82% of his team snaps. That's what we were looking for coming into the season. When we all draft as Travis Etienne, uh, it's like the one thing I got right this weekend in terms of DraftKings was play Etienne, although I ended up playing over Ken Walker, which turned out to be a terrible idea for a cheaper price. Looked good for about four hours in the afternoon slate of games, but that's it's going to happen from time to time. That's very encouraging. I wouldn't expect that to keep up, but if you can be a 70-30 winner over James Robinson, now we're in business. <clears throat> Josh Jacobs in at 44 snaps. That's 80%. Nothing really crazy. You see that Michael Carter uh, ended up playing. Uh, Ty Johnson was active in that game, and he got over 70% of the carries or 70% of the snaps in the backfield. Nothing really else doing here. Like Pollard played more than Zeke. Okay. Not by a ton, though. You can see Zeke still played over 50% of the snaps. There was a lot of formations with both of them on the field at the same time. And in those formations, Zeke almost always got the ball. Uh, Rashad White as well uh, in a huge... It's, it, this is really interesting to me. So Fournette plays 60% of the snaps. White plays 44% of the snaps. Very rarely are you going to see Tampa in a situation where they're just getting pummeled the entire game. But now that we do know that, you would see that Rashad White is actually on the field and awful lot in these pure passing situations. I wouldn't expect to see too many of those from Tampa Bay. I think that they do eventually get it all back together, but that was just really interesting to note that the split didn't widen. They actually did stick to playing White and Fournette on the field at the same time uh, in a lot of those spots. Uh, in a big trailing situation, Jonathan Taylor back from injury, only 55% of the snaps, where you had Naheem Hines at 35. Donta Foreman played slightly more than Chuba Hubbard. Remember, Chuba Hubbard got injured in that game, 54 to 46%. Did not see either one was on the field or the other was on the field. That's how that turned out in that game. Let's jump over to the wide receiver injuries now. There was a bunch to deal with. No idea how serious they're going to be at the moment, but you know we'll find that out throughout the course of the week. Then I can update this sheet as we go forward. Amon Ross St. Brown got sent to the blue concussion tent. He exited the game, and obviously we had no G DJ Chark in that game. He's now been placed on injured reserve, so he's out for at least four weeks, probably six weeks. 
if they've decided to do this now after he's already missed three weeks and a bye week, so TJ Chark, probably gone, Jamison Williams, will have his spot by the time he's eventually able to return. We may see Williams this week or next week. Keep updated on his status. Uh, when we get to the pickups, he's still my favorite pickup at wide receiver right now. Mike Williams exited the game. Didn't look good for his ankle. They have a bye week, so we're not going to get a ton of information about how serious this Mike Williams injury is in is unless he's out for the season, which it doesn't look like he is. So got to keep an eye coming out of the bye week on Mike Williams. DK Metcalf left the game. They're hoping it's just a bone bruise, but that is the optimistic way of thinking. He's probably going to miss a few games. Alan Lazard hurt his shoulder. He left the game. Nico Collins hurt his groin. He left the game. Corey Davis ended up leaving the game for the Jets as well. Elijah Moore, obviously DNP with personal reasons because he wants a trade out of New York. But if Corey Davis is hurt, maybe they insert him back in against the Patriots next week. Palmer, Agnew, Chark, Tony, Watson, Galladay, Jahan Dotson all did not play. Neither did Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry in the Thursday night game. Marquise Brown still out four to six weeks with his foot injury. And then we have Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, who are questionable for the Monday night game. At receiver, in terms of the pickups... Excuse me. Jamison Williams, number one. Wendale, with the lack of receiving options, is just kind of bulk... He's basically like the minor league version of Jacoby Myers right now. So he's number two... Uh, just safe PPR floor for the moment until those guys return, if they ever return, which it doesn't seem like they're ever going to return. I'm not going to lie to you, especially Tony. Uh, Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, they're both playing over 85% of the snaps now that Matt Ryan throws the ball 300 times a game. Kind of like Robinson in that, you're never going to know if it's going to be Pierce or Campbell in any one game. Tyquan Thornton continues to establish himself with the Patriots. We'll see more from him on Monday night to see if that's real or not. Isaiah McKenzie comes in at number six. Josh Reynolds, Braxton Berrios for the Jets, because he's probably going to see some more run right now. And Khalif Raymond, uh, in case Williams is not back, Reynolds continues to play the slot. Raymond plays on the outside. He was the leading receiver for the Lions this week, but that's probably not going to be the same going forward. He did get an extra amount of run and some reverses out of the backfield with Amon Ra St. Brown out. Tight end injuries. Bellinger left the game. Scary injury. He ended up getting uh, ambulanced out of the field or off the field for the Giants. Uh, Tanner Hudson will fill in for him if you want a deep, deep flyer. Njoku left the game for the Browns. No word on whether he's going to end up playing in Week 8 or not as of right now. Troutman, Waller, Logan Thomas, Parham, who's going on bye week, by the way. All DMP. Same with Cameron Brate that allowed Cade Otten to end up with a pretty decent game. Mac Jones likely going to play on Monday night. Ryan Tannehill remained in the game with an ankle injury, but was spotted in a walking boot after the game. And Russell Wilson, for the moment, appears on track to play in the London game in Week 8 against the Jags. So keep an eye on him, because as bad as Russell Wilson was and has been this season, Brett Rippin is way worse. So, yeah, you might have to play the injured Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, they benched there. They didn't get to play the week a Subway commercial came out. Tough scene. For old Mr. Unlimited. Pickups. Uh, his tight end, Greg Dulich. Uh, looking good out there. They're really wanting to get him involved. He's number one, Kate Otten. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see... I mean, Freight suffered a concussion, then the serious neck injury. I doubt that he's going to be back. Otten's just playing a ton of snaps. They're easy receptions for Tom Brady at the moment. And Lord knows he needs them easy receptions. Juwan Johnson, as long as Troutman is out, is number three. Still, Evan Ingram, Bobby Tunyon, Big Bobby T, Hunter Henry, and Irv Smith round out the 
Tight end pickups, QB pickups, Goff against Miami. Like that, Goff back at home against Miami. I mean, Kenny Pickett wasn't able to take advantage of the Miami secondary, but everyone else has this season. Daniel Jones at Seattle. I mean, once he's going to keep putting up those rushing yards, he's playable in fantasy. He really is. Uh, so I like Daniel Jones as the number two. Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston at home against Vegas. That just has shootout potential written all over it, and maybe... Dalton or Jameis can just throw two to the other team and then have to force themselves to play catch-up. I had Dalton as the number one streamer last week. And yeah, he played like crap in real life. But in terms of actually looking at your fantasy score, he scored like 27 fantasy points. Pretty good for Andy Dalton, a guy you can just scoop off the waiver wire. Matt Ryan against Washington. Marcus Mariota against Carolina. Peach, P.J. Walker at Atlanta. Defense pickups for the week. You have Jacksonville at uh, against Denver, and I don't really care who starts, whether it's Rippon or Wilson, just streaming against Denver is a good move at the moment in the London game. Tennessee at Houston, Atlanta at home against Carolina. Uh, they're six-point favorites in that game, so you know, I don't think Carolina's going to route teams every single week. Indy against Washington, Carolina at Atlanta, and Washington at Indianapolis. You just you have turnover-prone teams. The Carolina one's tricky. Might even bump them down a little bit once I end up doing the rankings with Sealy, mainly because Atlanta doesn't throw ever. That becomes pretty tough in order to do anything in terms of the defensive side of the ball when you need sacks and pressure to generate turnovers to touchdowns, and the other team passes 13 times in a game where they're down by double digits the entire time. Not beaucoup opportunité, as they would say en français, to score the defensive points for you, you know? Okay. You can find the entire pickup. I just went through the column. That's down in the description. Code MMN at prizepicks.com to get your deposit match of up to $100 over David Montgomery receiving yards, over Jacoby Myers' four and a half receptions. Boom. Let's try to turn another winner out on prizepicks. Tambo will be back on Wednesday, Wednesday evening for the Thursday night football breakdown for prize picks and DraftKings on Mayo Media Network and the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets stream. So please go sub to that, leave a rating and review as well, okay? Thank you very much for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!